This is Christina Campbell with Break Free Education, and we're proud to share this special podcast with Voices of Words Unlocked, a nationwide poetry initiative and contest held during National Poetry Month in April for students in juvenile justice facilities. In this podcast, we're joined by poet Chicondria Icon Sibley and Christopher, a winning student from our 2021 Words Unlocked contest. You're the one with the key clear, your mind ain't gonna unlock these words. Searching for pieces of break that you finally deserve. When expressing yourself, let your thoughts be free as a bird. I found the key to success when I unlock these words. I got these words unlocked. Words unlocked. Words unlocked. Shikondria, thanks for joining us. For everybody listening, Shikondria Icon Sibley is a New Orleans-based poet, writer, and artist of many mediums from Alexandria, Louisiana, whose work spans across visual art, theater, music, and film. Her work is featured on many notable platforms, including television, radio, online publications, and in exhibits, festivals, documentaries, short films, anthologies, and her first published poetry book, My Name is Pronounced Holy. Chikondria, thanks so much for being with us today. Thank you. Thank you all for having me. And this is such um, a dope opportunity and event to be present for, to see young writers as a writer myself, it's always inspiring when you see young people picking up a pen or a pencil or whatever their um, choice is and putting words to paper, uh, because we all understand the power of words, the power of words to not only um, to confine people, but also to liberate people and to see people choose uh, liberation through their pen is always uh, a plus for me. And so today we're gonna be talking to uh, one of our students who is actually the Break Free Choice Award winner for his poem, Sweet Home Los Angeles. We have Christopher who's joining us from the West Coast. Uh, We have Christopher on the line now. Yes, ma'am. Hi, Christopher. Look, I read your poem and it made me think about home so much, like just living in New Orleans and seeing that struggle of like how we fight every day. But could you tell me just a little bit about like your inspiration for writing this poem? Like where, um, what what pictures came to your mind when you wanted to paint this particular story? Man, um, I don't know. I just thought of coexistence and I thought of living in Los Angeles and um, I mean, everything that's going on right now with COVID. I don't know, I I feel like I should have to get my voice out there Mm -hmm. somehow, somewhere. So I thought about the topic and I thought about living in Los Angeles and I just thought like, it's it's, it's a struggle, you know, like that's why I said for my brown and black brothers, it's a rumble because it's like living every day growing up in LA is just like, it's just, it's hard. Yeah, I don't know. It's just kind of like, I, I just kind of wrote it, thought about it, wrote it, and it's just, I don't know, just flapping. I won. It just came. It came organically. Yeah. That's why I already, yeah. Yeah, when you're telling the truth, the truth doesn't need any kind of, you know, um, padding or whatever. Like, the truth just going to come out as the truth. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I know a little bit about L.A. only because my family, uh, my dad's side of the family, all my uncles and aunts migrated to L.A. Mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. 70s. So I spent every like summer in Los Angeles and after Hurricane Katrina, I moved to LA and it's like, man, you gotta be cut from a different cloth to like be able to withstand. Cause I'm from Louisiana, you know, we have our own things, but like there's just a, a different tenacity you need to survive those streets. And like the fact that you were able to put again, pen to paper and talk about that fight and talk about that struggle. 
could you tell me um, what is like your favorite line from the poem? Hmm. I don't know. I just like the poem. I think maybe like we coexist through love, unity, and strength is one of my more favorite mm -hmm. ones. Mm-hmm. Or no keeping each other at arm's length. Mm-hmm. That's another and one that's of my favorite ones. To the pandemic, like I don't even know if you were aware that you did that. It's kind of what we writers call a double entendre. Like it had a double meaning of like we keep each other at arm's length, like as far as connecting <laughs> with people, and then like we keep each other at arm's length because we have to right now, right? To, yeah. to stay safe. Um mentally and physically so I love that line and I was hoping you said that too because that was my favorite line from the poem because I think you gave the answer to everything about coexistence in that one line like that's the answer we we coexist through love through unity and through strength that's all the three things we need in order to coexist um who is one of like did you before you started writing like how long have you been writing poetry you know when I got arrested for the first time in 2019. I just kind of picked it up. Um, I've always kind of been artistic on some level. Like I love to draw, I love to write. I got it from my mama. She's an amazing woman. She she draws, she writes here and there. So I just kind of picked it up from her um, when I was young. And um, I kind of stopped writing and I stopped drawing for a little bit, um, you know, cause I was just running around on the streets being immature, just yeah, irresponsible. And then I started picking it up again and I kind of, just kind of came back mm -hmm. and um yeah you know I'll write in my free time when I feel like doing it you know when I'm feeling some type of way when I feel like I need to just put something on paper I draw or I write mm -hmm. and, it comes out in pictures or words for you yes ma'am I've never really had any kind of class when it comes to writing I never had any kind of like I've had I've had nobody to teach me really I just kind of picked it up you know what that that's the beautiful thing too like when you say you're self-taught so to speak like um i think that's usually like the most profound artists are the ones who like figure figure it out for themselves you know like just through feeling it it's organic it's spiritual like you said your mama had it so um i don't know if you're aware of just like genetics and how that plays a part but like those beautiful things about her are also a part of you. So like, you might not have known where your artistic or creative side came from, but I can guarantee you probably had a grandmother, grandfather, great, great, great. It's like somebody whose name you don't even know who was probably creative and was an artist too. And this is maybe them like showing you like this might be part of your path and part of your own healing and how you help other people. Because I'm, I can guarantee you being from Louisiana and reading this poem, I know somebody who's from LA would read this poem and be like, yeah, he gets me, you know, and that in itself is healing when you feel like you're seen by somebody else. And I feel like you made a lot of black and brown people feel seen, especially um, in this poem. Do you have a favorite poet or a favorite artist of your own? Like somebody who yeah. you like, I love their work. Like I've, I'm a Kendrick Lamar fan. I don't know if you being from LA, but Kendrick is somebody I totally relate and vibe to like everything about him creatively. Who is one of your like artists or people that you look at like, yeah. <laughs> That's a question right there. Kendrick is cool. I love Kendrick too. Mm -hmm. I'll say Tupac. I, I know I know I know it's probably kinda like biased because I, you know, live in LA, but like Tupac man. Yeah. Like his book, um, The Rose That Grew From Concrete. Grew from concrete. Hey, yeah. yep. yep. I love that book. I love everything in that book, all the poetry. It was all poetry. Everything yeah. he said. I know a lot of people will say rapper, you know what I mean? But like what people don't understand is like the MCs are the poets. Nah, he really had like a skill that just 
was unmatched. Yeah, probably too far. And he was honest with himself about like his own struggles. Like I hear you being completely honest about, hey, I was like in the streets being, you know, immature and whatever. Like he had that same reflection of like, he told the truth on himself when he wasn't like living up to his highest self. He would talk about that. And he also talked about the things that uplifted the community too, which showed how human we are. Nobody's perfect, right? We all flawed out here in some kind of way, some kind of, you know, manner. And when you can acknowledge that is when you can work on it. But if you don't ever acknowledge it, like you can't work on it. Um, Can I ask you a favor? I know y'all probably like doing the poems, but can I hear the poem in your voice if you don't mind? Yes, Yes. I feel like that gives the life, that breathes the life into it. So I (laughs) want to hear you right now. In LA where people die every day, coexistence is a struggle. For my brown and black brothers, it's a rumble. I hear your color will get you killed, and to some people, this is a thrill. In this place we call home, we're just trying to coexist. What does this mean? It means embracing the struggle and fixing the rumbles. We coexist through love, unity, and strength, while keeping each other's at arm's length. So that we all can live another day and coexist in this place we call it live. Mm-hmm. How do you feel like when you say your own words? Like, What does that make you feel? You feel proud of yourself as you should? Or you yeah, know? I mean, yeah, of course. I'm just kind of <laughs> like, I wrote that, you know? Like, <laughs> like, man, Chris, like, you know? You took a blank piece of paper where it was nothing and like created a whole man, I I was, movement on a piece of paper. That's I was in my cell and they were like, we have this poetry contest, topic is coexistence. Nobody wanted to do it, but I was just like, <laughs> oh, what's the worst is gonna happen? I'm gonna lose. I don't. It doesn't. It's not even fair that. And I just kind of went in myself. Mm-hmm. Took a really, really sat there with a large piece of paper and a pencil, and started writing. I didn't think about what I was writing. I just started writing, and then I was done. Mm-hmm. And then I just had this. So I was like, okay, this is good. Like I, I, I could work with this. You know. Yeah. I gave I, it to Miss A and turned it, it in. Was all that from there. And yes, when ma'am. they told you you won, like, what was that reaction like? Like, did you expect it a little bit? Like, when you turned it in, did you say, I think I got a winner on my hands? Or did you just, like, release it to whatever, you know, let the chips fall where they may? At first, I didn't think I won because I saw it was first, second, third place, and my name wasn't on there. But then under it, it was break free choice, and it was my name. So I was like, oh, what's that? Did I win? And then yeah, I guess I won. So I was yeah, like, oh, that's chosen. cool. That's like you were specifically chosen for that. Yeah, I was like, man, I was, I can't say I was surprised, but I was shocked. I was like, wow, that's cool. That is so cool. And I think it is so cool that you like are sharing your work. Do you plan to write any more? Like did this cause of like, are we going to get a book from Christopher? <laughs> like, <laughs> what are we going to, I, I mean, literally had one of, um, so I, I used to work with some uh, men at um, a federal correctional facility here. And one of, one of them, he just got out recently and he showed me the manuscript for his book when he was locked up and he just published it. Like he just published the book that he had been talking about. So will we see a book <laughs> or uh, anything else, you know, created from Christopher? Like has this cause you to like know that you could do it now and like it's something you maybe want to pursue or is it something you still just want to do you know for hobby you know miss icon i grew up in la where you don't have a lot of opportunity you struggle a lot and whatever opportunity presents itself to make myself a better person than i am i'm willing to take it that's my answer 
Look, I said I was going to be good on this podcast and not be in my feelings. (laughs) I can like, and I'm just having like a real transparent moment with you right now. In all honesty, like I really am in awe of like your maturity and like your outlook on like even just how you're answering the questions. I'm like, you, you know, and see something beyond like what people think. I think it's just experience. I don't know. Like I'm young, I'm 16, but I don't think wisdom necessarily comes with age. It's just experience. And what I don't you know, don't I, just, I hated that thing where like young people aren't like young people are the wisest people in my opinion because you're untainted by mm-hmm. a lot of stuff. Like you haven't had that that with age comes settling into like old ideas and like just being complacent. And I, I feel like young people are some of the most wise because you say exactly what you feel. Y'all don't sugarcoat anything. Um, it's the truth. And it's not yet tainted by so much of the world just yet. And so saying, you know, I'm 16, but you know, you're 16, but you might have that wise old soul and you'd be amazed at like nations and revolutions and all kinds of things that have been led by young people. You know, back in the day, like the all the royalty where the kings and queens were like 13 and 12 and stuff, they weren't like 15. Yes, man. Actually, you know? one of my favorite shows is Game of Thrones. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm honestly kind of a nerd. Like, it's, it's kind of funny, but... Same. Like, <laughs> hey, but I love Game of Thrones. Right now, I'm reading the books. Like, I watched the show... And now I'm reading the books and man, like, tell me about it. 13, 14, 15, 16 year olds. I was actually thinking about this yesterday. It's funny you bring this up. I was like, man, if my family was royalty, because my dad passed away in 2019. I was like, if we were royalty, I would have like taken my dad's place if he was king. And I I was 15 when that happened, 14. I was 14 when that happened. So I was like, man, I would have been 14 being a king because I'm I'm the oldest son and that's how it would work. So I was like, you are though. Man, like at the end of the day, you really are like you already are the king. Like we all have our own existence and our own like kingdom or world or whatever that we can create and that we can rule over. There's a quote that, uh, oh, man, I'm going to miss who said it, but it's like I'm the, you know, the captain of my own ship, ship um, the master of my own fate. Right. So yeah. if you're the captain and, and this is your kingdom, whatever world it is you're building for yourself, like you get to determine whether that is um, a successful empire or one that falls. Um, and so you are the king, like, yeah. Even outside yeah. of that, that whole idea of, you know, if your dad passed and you take the next, you already came in here royalty. And I think it's once we realize that and walk in that, and I feel like by you doing this, you know, letting these words out and like acknowledging that part of yourself that you already are ruling over the, the next part of your life. Like, yeah, the, the former decisions might not have been the best, but like now you're, you're making kingly decisions. So. Yes, ma'am. And you know, like, you no, know, my dad, my, my dad did pass away. You know, I was, I was lost. Like I was young, but I was just, I didn't, I didn't know how to take it. You know, it just happened like that. So I could say I picked up writing as a way to kind of, I guess, cope with it. Yeah. Because as, as a, as a healthy way. Because, you know, I, I had my unhealthy ways I was dealing with that. Mm-hmm. And um, I can't say me getting locked up was a bad thing to me at that time. Because it gave me time to think and just heal. And I mean, I'm still healing, you know? Mm-hmm. And this is one way that I'm kind of healing that wound that I have. 
And we definitely. always heal. Healing is a process. Like it's not a, and then you're done. Just like growing. You know, we hear people say, oh, I'm a grown woman or a grown. Like, no, you ain't grown yet because you're still here, which means you're still growing. So I always tell people like I'm a growing. I like that. <laughs> you know, because the day I'm done growing or I'm done healing, like I'm gone then. Like I done done what I came here to do it. Like, nah, I want to, I want to still be here doing the work and still figuring out stuff about myself. And I will tell you the honest truth, Christopher, even if my age, uh, I am still every day figuring out more and more about myself and then being honest, like you ain't do so well today. Like that wasn't good decisions. You know, we still make the decisions even as adults, but it's acknowledging it every day. Like you trying to beat you. It's not about the next person or the next writer. And definitely, you know, you can honor other people's work, but not have to compare your work. And I like that you are confident in in where you stand on this is what I had to say. And I think that's that boils over into like how you are as a person and like being confident in that. So I wanted to thank you. I don't want to take up your whole afternoon because I feel like I could sit here and just like ask you all the questions. I always want to know things about young writers. Like, what are you thinking? What is, you know, because writing is my thing. Like, that's my, you know, you said you started doing it to heal. That's how a lot of us get into it or got into it. I know for me, that's how I got into it. Um, Growing up in a household that was it was a lot going on in, at home. And so, you know, when you don't feel heard, you find something. And I, I have a line where I say, you know, a pen and a pad were the only ears I had as a child, like, that's I like that. where, I, where I wrote it down. And so, yeah, you, you healing, you, you're healing yourself and I can guarantee you, you are healing some other people. And just this short, brief conversation I've had with you, I have been able to glean something from a 16 year old poet who I think is going to do amazing and great things. Did you have anything else like you wanted to share with the people? I mean, I hope this isn't the last time my voice can be heard. Hopefully opportunities do come up like this one. But don't let, don't let your actions and what you do in life define the person that you are most definitely. Because I feel like we do get stuck in a position where we're like, oh, we did this, so I'm this person, I'm that person. Don't label yourself. And I don't know where I heard this from, but the moment, how does it go? The moment you don't, have anything else to learn is the moment that you're going to stop growing as a person mm-hmm. or the moment you don't want to learn is the moment you stop growing as a person you know because me I, I i do play guitar too like i love guitar i haven't played in forever but okay I let do. me find out we got an album coming out with um, <laughs> you know you can put that poetry and that music together and you can write uh, lyrics you can be a songwriter you know for, for people hey you never you never know you never know no. but um, yeah you know like you can never stop learning when it comes to guitar. And that's like life. You can never stop learning when it comes to life. Never. No matter what, you're always learning. So the day you die, so mm-hmm. the day you take your last breath, you're not going to stop learning. My 91-year-old grandfather tells me the same thing. He's like, I'm still learning new stuff every day. And this man has lived yeah. almost a whole century, you know? Most um, and I think that's what keeps him young, too, is that childlike adventure of he's always trying to figure something out and learn something still till this day. But it's that that childlike curiosity of wanting to be better and do better and learn something every day. Cause that's what we put here to like soak up as much as we can from each other and coexisting. Uh, I heard you define that in your poem. So I won't ask you what that means to you because you said it, but even in coexisting, like learning every day from each other, we're not learning from each other every day. Um, and I think that's kind of where we see the problems we have amongst each other. It's like people are not willing to be open to like, just learn, learn. Yes, 
Yeah, it's so many things I could pick up from your customs, your culture, your, you know, neighborhood, your whatever. And we'll see how much we are really alike. Because one thing that surprised me in L.A. was my uh, aunt's neighbors had chickens in the yard. I was like, that's some real <laughs> to have chickens in the yard. But then I come to find out a lot of people had migrated from Louisiana to California during this time. Yeah, hey, man, that's that. But that's you that. never know, didn't ask the questions like, yeah. oh, you know, and that's part of the learning from each other. So. I've learned a lot from you on today, Christopher. You um, take care of yourself, though, and keep having those moments of reflection and keep writing, like, whatever it is you do. When you feel frustrated with everybody, like, go pick up that notebook. Like you said, my pen and my paper in my ears. I like that. Yeah, sometimes that's all you have. Yes, ma'am. It's been an honor um, conversing with you on today. You are amazing i can't i don't know you personally or whatever but I, i'm a good, i'm a good reader of vibes and of <laughs> yeah yeah you you got you got something good going and it has been my honor to like hosting this and of talking to you and i know somebody's going to get something from the conversation by something you said um, yeah it's been an honor talking to you too you know opportunity that was prevent um given to me you know it's pretty cool i appreciate it do well, young King. <laughs> King, <laughs> King Christopher. That's that's the new that's the new nickname I'm gonna call. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe I'll be my little poet name, King Christopher. Yeah, King Christopher. You'd be amazed when you start calling yourself some stuff, how you walk in it, Christopher. Like honestly, when you start calling yourself King, you're gonna see yourself like like I said, making kingly decisions and yeah, and walking with that that royalty and that knowledge of who you are, knowledge of self. Yeah. Awesome. Well, um, I guess we've reached a point where <laughs> we are kind of towards the end of the programming. But again, I want to thank Break Free for allowing me this opportunity to host this podcast. And yeah, I, I, I want to thank Christopher again for sharing all the instructors who are on the line who may be watching with their students or watching alone. Thank you for everything that you do and for pouring into these young people. And most of all, like for the young people for pouring into us, because, you know, we heard Whitney Houston, whoever said, I believe children are our future, but like, that is such a true statement that the next generation is the ones, they're the ones who we've been waiting for. So uh, I wanted to leave you all with um, a poem. And if you wanted to hear the rest of it, we want to also acknowledge the other two poets, um, Avon, who uh, was our first place winner and Samuel B, who, I, who was our honorable mention. Um, they didn't get a chance to share their poems, but if you want to read their work along with the other students' work, you can go to breakfree-ed.org forward slash words unlocked. But I wanted to share a poem uh, to leave out with. It's one that I remind myself every day about those days when we feel invisible, when we feel like, you know, we're not seen. And then there are those days, though, when we feel like we can do anything. And so this is for those days. There are days when I feel like this dust pile of skin and bones cannot contain the giant they are forced to hold. Like any day they will give way and the world will see that I am actually more divine than I am human. On some days, I don't feel human. On some days, I feel the seeds my ancestors planted in these Louisiana dirt bones blooming. I feel like a rose with a jackhammer for a stem, fighting to break through concrete just so I could kiss the sun. On some days, I feel I could do anything. Like I could hit the bull's eye with both eyes closed. It's like my soul just knows where to aim and where to go on those days. I don't need no map. I just follow these highways called veins. You know, your blood does more than just tell you where you came from. 
There's a saying called Sankofa, which means to go back and fetch it. And the symbol is a bird with an egg in its mouth. I got Sankofa in my DNA. So I'm a bird with an egg in its mouth. So each time I spit these poems, I am actually giving birth. On those days, I feel like I could push the life right out of me. On those days, I feel like my soul just longs to be free from this little dust pile of skin and bones. It's like my soul realizes that it's a long way from home and it will crawl on its hands and knees through fire. If that's what it takes to rise from these ashes, yo, I got a phoenix for a spirit. It is undying and is willing to sacrifice itself for my own salvation. So on some days I nail myself to a cross because it's the only way I know how to open my arms wide enough to let other people in. I don't know about you, but on some days I don't be feeling so strong. Some days I feel like a particle of dust, like even a million of me is still invisible to the naked eye. You know, some days I feel naked, I feel exposed. I feel like everyone knows that I am merely a pile of dust masquerading in all this giant's clothing. It's like everyone can see that I am holding a gun filled with blanks, which means that some days I feel empty. Some days, no matter how much the sun shines, I still feel like a tiny little seed with a ton of concrete sitting on its chest. Like I got Eric Garner for a gardener. It's like I can't breathe, like I can't smell the roses, like I could cut myself open, read the scripture in my own blood and still not believe in me on some days. I don't know about you, Christopher, but I be needing a miracle. And it's at those moments when I hear my battle cry of a heartbeat reminding me, Shikandria, keep fighting, reminding me, Shikandria, you got this, reminding me that this ain't the first time I've ever earned a purple heart or had to put all the pieces back together again with a blindfold on and both hands tied. Yo, this ain't the first time I've had to Houdini my way out of defeat. I have shed plenty of blood before. So this ain't the first time I've had to Sankofa my way through war, had to go back and fetch my past victories so I could be reminded of the warrior, the woman, the queen that is me. This ain't the first time that I had to remind myself that Shikandria, Icon, Sibley, you are God made manifest in the flesh. So on today, I don't feel human at all. Today, I don't feel anything because today I know that I am indeed more than human, but I am indeed divine. And so are you, Christopher. So as everyone on this podcast today, we are what we've been waiting for. And I want to thank y'all for coexisting together and for doing everything possible to break free. Um, that's our show. That's my time. I'm Shikandria Icon Sibley. And thank you for joining us. When I pick up this pen and I write these rhymes, I unlock these feelings that I kept inside. I'm trying to better myself and check out some history. So I'll write these words so you can hear me. I got these words unlocked, words unlocked, words unlocked. I fought for kings to success when I unlock these words. I got these words unlocked, words unlocked, words unlocked. I fought for kings to success when I unlock these words.